Hello everyone. In the last century, humans have discovered copious amounts about our own biochemistry. From genetics to development, behaviour to the origin of species, and evolution to ageing. Now, many of these biological findings have been discovered as a result of Drosophila melanogaster. Now, that's the binomial nomenclature for the common fruit fly. Astonishingly, the fruit fly has been the tiny test subject from which some of the 20th century's greatest biological discoveries have arisen. Before I continue that, I'd just like to thank Olivia Thomas, a previous biology student of mine, for the research and content uh, for this particular podcast. In fact, crucial information such as the dangers of radiation, the principles of heredity and the causes and cures for many diseases are all built on the foundation of fruit fly research, hence its use as a model organism. Admittedly, the fruit fly seems like a bit of an unlikely candidate for extensive and monumental scientific research. The fully developed male measures only about 3mm long. It's roughly the same length as the width of a charging cable for a device. And it weighs only about a quarter of a gram. In fact, no, I think it's about 0.25 milligrams, so not even that. On the surface, the common fruit fly seems to share very few similarities with the human. I mean, for instance, humans don't have six legs, we don't have wings, we don't have an exoskeleton. So it seems a bit imprudent to study fly anatomy in order to comprehend Homo sapiens biology. Nevertheless, in terms of basic biological processes such as reproduction, growth, the Drosophila are very comparable to humans. If we can find out how a central biological process works in flies, it's likely that the process will operate in relatively the same way in humans. Now, in addition to this, genetically speaking, humans and fruit flies are surprisingly similar. For example, about 75% of known human disease genes have an identifiable match in the genetic code of the fruit fly. This is why Drosophila melanogaster are regularly utilised in genetic research. Furthermore, flies are cheap. They're cheap to maintain, uh, cheap to breed, and they've got really short life cycles, which allow experiments involving observation over many generations much quicker than experiments using other model organisms. Another advantage, I guess you could say, of Drosophila is that they're seen as, I guess the word is, simplified models of Homo sapiens, or humans. Because humans often have several different versions of a gene, which we refer to as alleles, whereas in Drosophila melanogaster, there'll typically only be a single allele, making it far less complicated to determine what the function of a gene actually is. Now, all of these features make the fruit fly a very attractive model organism. A little bit of uh, the background to it. The first documented use of Drosophila melanogaster in a lab was actually around 1900 by Professor William Castle's group at Harvard University. They needed an organism for embryology studies and the fruit fly, as I said, was inexpensive and a really manageable option. In fact, the fly proved an invaluable test subject. With the short but plentiful lives, they could adapt to, I guess you could say, the rigid timetables of an academic calendar and research with time restrictions. Now, after Castle realised the ease of housing and feeding the flies, as well as how beneficial the short life cycle of just two weeks proved to be, praise of Drosophila travelled 
humbly through uh, academic networks. And by 1907, the fruit fly was actually being employed in universities all across America, including Columbia University. And it's here where the story then picks up with a zoology professor known as Thomas Hunt Morgan. He had become fascinated by an unexpected change of eye colour of one of his fruit fly subjects. Now, due to this eye colour change from the ordinary red to a quite stark white, Morgan began to provide evidence for the previously hypothesised theory of biological inheritance that was theorised by Gregor Mendel. Morgan proved that the basis of hereditary lay within strand-like structures called chromosomes, which basically consist of long lists of inheritable instructions, which we refer to as genes. He then claimed that uh, reproduction could produce new combinations of alleles, resulting in all these diverse different phenotypes. Based on the observation that flies do essentially everything that all other animals do, the same genetic material, or genetic building materials proved to be universal to all species. Morgan was captivated by Drosophila and he uh, expressed his appreciation for them in a letter to a fellow scientist, Hans Dryesch, saying, I quote, It is a wonderful material. They breed all year round and give a new generation every 12 days. Now, following this, as you can imagine, Drosophila melanogaster became the experimental animal for geneticists worldwide. And when the first genetic maps were being fabricated by Alfred, Alfred Sturtevant, one of uh, Morgan's ex-students, as it happens, in 1913, to show the linear order of genes along the X chromosome, it was the genetic map of the fly that was being constructed. Now, the significance of this discovery cannot be emphasised enough. For example, modern techniques of determining the loci or position of disease-causing genes depend on the genetic mapping principles first established with the fruit fly. Succeeding the success, if you like, of Drosophila, in 1933, Morgan won the Nobel Prize for his discoveries concerning the role played by chromosomes in heredity. Now, likewise, a protégé of Morgan's uh, by the name of Hermann Joseph Muller also won a Nobel Prize in 1946 for the discovery of the production of mutations by means of X-ray irradiation. Now, Muller believed that in order to understand what genes do in their normal state, you have to observe what happens to them or what happens to an organism, rather, when things go wrong. So what I'm talking about, essentially, is, or are genetic mutations. Now, using Drosophila in the 1920s, Muller discovered that X-rays caused an increase in the mutation rate of genes up to a staggering 15,000%. Now, although the irradiated flies appeared unaffected, their offspring frequently exhibited malformations, and this led to the realisation that ionising radiation causes harmful genetic defects. It was from about 1946 that Drosophila became the leading model organism used to understand how genes conduct uh, development of an embryo from a single cell to a multicellular organism. Now, one of Sturtevant's ex-students, a man by the name of Edward Lewis, investigated this by looking at the fly mutant named Bithorax. 
Now, as a mutant where the thorax had been duplicated, preventing vital organs such as the halters, which are basically balancing devices that help with flight, to develop. Now, Lewis discovered that the genes which provide the code for the fly's body were systematically ordered. He also hypothesised the idea of the master control gene. A single gene which basically triggers the activation of a whole load of others, triggers the activation of other genes in a sequence, leading to the development of specific tissues or specific organs. Now, following news of Lewis's discoveries, uh, German researchers Christian Norslein Volhard and Erich Weisschaus began looking at embryonic development by studying Drosophila mutations, which affected genes involved in the development of an embryo. So they created thousands of mutants and eventually determined exactly which gene mutation caused each malformation, thereby identifying the set of genes responsible for Drosophila embryogenesis, basically the process by which an embryo develops. These discoveries prompted a whole new understanding of human development, as although the, although the final appearance of a fly in a human clearly differs greatly, Many of the manufacturing processes which create these contrasting appearances have been preserved through evolution and are astoundingly alike. In, I think it was about 1995, all the three biologists that that I've mentioned received the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for, and it was described as being, for their discoveries concerning the genetic control of early embryonic development. Let's think about the future, because looking to the future, there are actually plans to send fruit flies to the International Space Station for an experiment that we uh, scientists have named Drosophila Behaviour and Gene Expression in Microgravity. And what they want to do is discover how space travel affects genes. So nine generations, this is the plan, nine generations of fruit flies will be bred on board the ISS and 30 from each generation will be roughly collected frozen and then returned to Earth where researchers can kind of analyse the messenger RNA and see which genes are more or less active in a weightlessness environment. The experiment is essentially just a preliminary investigation to discover what would happen if generations of people began to live in space. Now, if the rate of genetic mutation is affected by microgravity, then during the 56 million kilometre journey to Mars, for example, an increase or decrease in the rate of evolution might actually be observed. Since the groundbreaking discoveries made between 1900 and 1946, the fruit fly has been used as a genetic model for research of numerous human diseases, including neurodegenerative disorders such as Parkinson's and Huntingdon's. Now additionally, Drosophila has been used to examine the science behind immunity, cancer, diabetes, as well as the biology and drug abuse, learning, behaviour, I mean, the list goes on and on. The discovery of the convenience, I guess you could say, of using Drosophila melanogaster, the common flute fly, as a model organism by Castle, was essentially for the advancement of 20th century biology. Some of the resultant findings, such as the fundamentals of hereditary, are well established, whereas others, such as ageing, addiction, memory are still kind of in their infancy. But nevertheless, whether whether flies are getting high on cocaine, being trained by punishment and reward, enjoying pleasures of alcohol intoxication, or even just tackling insomnia, 
there is really no doubt that the common fruit fly, Drosophila melanogaster, is an unsung hero of 20th century science. Thank you all for listening.